I got my dulcimer as I was learning music theory. And so everything I would learn in class, I would take it back to my dulcimer and just, you know, figure out how the layout of my dulcimer is related to the things that I just learned in class. And, um, you know, I had had musical training before, so I understood notes and stuff like that. So it was really, okay, I, I know how music works and I'm learning more about how music works. Let me learn how this dulcimer works and where the notes are and what this kind of thing looks like on my dulcimer and what it feels like to play it. Today I'm talking to Colin Beasley about playing the hammered dulcimer. But Colin, it's so great to meet you here on Zoom. Yeah, good to meet you. Yeah, good to meet you. I, I must confess, and, and I hope you don't feel offended, but I've never even knew that the, is it the hammered dul, uh, dulcimer? Yes, hammered dulcimer. I've never even knew that that, that existed, that instrument. Really? Yeah. Is that, is that, a, is that a common instrument? Um, it's, it's, it's more common. It depends on where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's different versions of the instrument throughout the world. So I play the American version. Um, and it's not common here. Um, there's a community that plays it. You know, there's, there's, there's a few thousand people that play it, but America is a big country. Um, but in Europe, different regions of Europe have different versions of the instrument. And there's a German version called the Hackbrett that is played in and around Germany. Um, that's probably the most common one. Um, I guess Germany and Austria, you would see it. Uh, and then in Eastern Europe, you have another version that's widely played, um, a few, a few in Eastern Europe that are widely played. And you can actually go to college for it there. Over here, it's more of a folk instrument. Um, the ones I've seen in Europe, a lot of them are more classical instruments. You'll see them played with um, orchestras and stuff. Okay. But yeah. But how did you get to uh, play the instrument? I mean, what was initially the, the attraction for you? So uh, when I was in school, um, back when I was in high school, um, I, well, I've played drums and percussion for a long time since I was a kid. And um, in high school, I had a friend that played the bagpipes. And I thought that was so cool. Um, and I started getting into this. I listened to a lot of heavy metal back then. And um, I got into very interesting heavy metal from the Nordic countries. It's called folk metal. And they used a bunch of folk instruments. And I discovered the hurdy-gurdy. Have you ever heard of the hurdy-gurdy? No. Okay, that's a, that's a new one you should find. Um, yeah, I'll find it. I'll find someone. So I discovered the hurdy-gurdy, and through researching the hurdy-gurdy, I discovered the hammered dulcimer. And when I saw it, I said, oh, drums and percussion, but it's a cool instrument. I said, well, I have a friend that plays the bagpipes. That's cool. I want to play a cool instrument, too. So um, my parents tried to get me one when I graduated, um, but they, they couldn't, they tried to get it from eBay and they missed the bid or something like that. Um, but when I moved off to college, there was a lady that built them that lived right next to me, not next door, but very close by. And so I got in contact with them and went to their house and bought my first dulcimer 
That was 10 years ago. Wow. I mean, if if that happens, if it happens this way, that somebody lives next door to you or, or near you, yes. that means this is your instrument. This oh, has I, to be. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. It was it was too perfect. Yeah, I too actually perfect. spoke to a harpist once and she told almost the same story. She said she wanted to play the harp and there was nobody in the area that teaches the harp. And then they moved house. And when they moved house, they actually lived, I think, across the road from a harp teacher. Wow. So, yeah. So, you know, yeah. So if it's, it's meant to be, it's meant to be. It's meant to be. Yeah, yes. absolutely. But I love the sound of this instrument and, um, you know, really beautiful. But you, so you haven't played it so long. It's a 10 years? 10 years. Yes. Mm. And was it easy to learn to play? Did you get somebody to teach you? No, I didn't have an instructor or a teacher or anything. Um, I had gone to music. Uh, sorry, I'd gone to school for music initially. Initially, um, and I ended up not finishing with a music degree. Um, but I, even though I dropped my music degree, I stayed in um, music theory classes and stuff like that. And so as I, I got my dulcimer, as I was learning music theory, and so everything I would learn in class, I would take it back to my dulcimer and just, you know, figure out how the layout of my dulcimer is related to the things that I just learned in class. And, um, you know, I had had musical training before, so I understood notes and stuff like that. So it was really okay, I, I know how music works and I'm learning more about how music works. Let me learn how this dulcimer works and where the notes are and what this kind of thing looks like on my dulcimer and what it feels like to play it. So I just really married the two things I was learning together. Um, and I would say I had an unfair advantage when it comes to learning it because most of the people that pick up this instrument are you know, folk musicians or or a lot of them are actually um, elderly that are learning an instrument for the first time. Um, a lot of my students are actually, you know, 65 years of age and older. I think one of them is in their 70s. Um, so me picking it up as a young person that had percussion background and was learning music, it was much more intuitive and easy. Um, and if you have musical experience, it's it's really a simple instrument to learn, but the possibilities with it are very high. You can get, you can make it very difficult, but initially playing it, I could teach you a song in five minutes. Very easy. Really? Yes. But now uh, compared to what instrument or what can you compare it with? If you, if you say uh, by playing it, you know, if you think if somebody else played this specific instrument, it would be easy for them to play the dulcimer. Um, well, I think I think if you played any kind of drums or percussion, I think okay. it, it makes it much easier, just the technique of hitting it. But in terms of how it works, the layout of it, I don't know. So I feel a like unique, a guitar. If, well, kind of. Mm -hmm. It is unique, but I feel like a guitar player might be able to pick up on it fast or faster. Um, because guitar playing is a lot of shapes, you know, and the chord, the chord shapes. And that's a lot of what dulcimer is. Um, the layout of the dulcimer is very, 
like on a guitar, if you take a shape and you move it up, you get the same chord, but just in a different key. And that's kind of what dulcimer is like. If you take this same shape, but you move it up to a different spot, you get something very similar, but in a different key. Um, so I would say probably a guitar would be the closest, even though, you know, it's not a guitar-like instrument, just the yeah. layout is similar. Yeah. But it's got strings, so how many strings does it have? So I have probably the biggest one that they make. Um, mine has, I think, 132 strings. What? Not 132 notes, but 132 yeah. strings. Um, most of them are much smaller than that. Probably, I don't know, 80 strings or less. Between 70 and 80 strings, I would say, would be your average size dulcimer. And A lot of strings. Yeah. How often do you have to replace the strings? It Okay, so for, I should replace them more often than I do. But okay. it's it's not like a guitar where you have to replace mm -hmm. them all the time because your fingers aren't touching it as much. Um, there's three different kinds of strings on the dulcimer. Um, I don't remember what they're all made of, but there's the bottom low end, which is similar to a guitar string. It's called a wound string. And those, it's a string wrapped with another string. So they when you oh, tune okay. them, you're touching them with your finger, and over time they get kind of gunked up and gross, and they start to sound dead, like they don't resonate as much. Um, and those you would replace a little more often, but I've had this dulcimer for three years, and I have not replaced those yet. I haven't replaced a single string on it. Okay. Um, I don't think. But mm. I would say I should replace those. Mm. So about two or three years, I would replace the lower ones. And then if they break, I'll replace them. But okay. I've seen dulcimers sound great that have had 10-year-old strings on them. Really? So it's a, but, it's a weird instrument. Yeah, but um, what, uh, what type of music do you play? What, what is the genre that you play? I don't really have a genre that I play. I play a lot of different things. Um, I play a lot of different other instruments as well. Okay. So I take stuff I've learned from other instruments or um, different groups that I've played in, and I will, I'll put some of them on the dulcimer. But a lot of what I play really right now is more, well, okay, on my Instagram, I play more video game music because mm -hmm. people like to hear it. It's nostalgic for them. So I'll play a lot of that. But in terms of what I would just go play at a gig, it would be a combination of folk music. So American folk music, um, a lot of Irish folk music I'll play. Um, mixed in with that, I'll put jazz, jazz tunes, oh, wow. um, especially mm -hmm. old, old jazz, you know, mm -hmm. from the 50s, 1950s and before. A lot of that works very nice on there. Um, and then I'll even throw in some uh, more popular tunes. I'll play some Beatles every now and again. I've played Marvin Gaye. I've played um, Coldplay. I just played Coldplay for a really? wedding. Mm -hmm. I played Red Hot Chili Peppers for a wedding, which was funny. Amazing. Um, so it, it kind so of goes so all over versatile. the place. So versatile. You can do anything with it. Most, most things. Okay. I've played mm -hmm. some classical on there, too. Okay. Um, and are the, they... Are 
Are there classical music written for for it? Not for okay, no, not not really for the American one. It's primarily mm -hmm. a folk instrument here. You get the it, it's a folk instrument, and you see it a lot in the Appalachian Mountains, that area of the country. Um, now there there have been things written for the American hammer dulcimer. But it, there's not really a repertoire like you would have okay. if you went to university and learned something. Now, in Eastern Europe, yes, there is. There are pieces specifically written for the instrument. Um, but not here. Not so much here. Okay. So when you say you play classical, so you arrange then the music for yourself? Yes. Um, so if So we only have two hammers. Right. We don't have five or ten fingers like on a piano. So that's a big part of what I have to do is look at a piece of music or listen to a piece of music and say, would this be possible to get the main essence of the song across? And it's really weird with classical music because some of them work very well and some of them you just can't play. Like it just you, you couldn't do it on the dulcimer. But, yes, I arranged them myself. But do you think now that because you you taught yourself how to play, uh, do you find that you you feel more uh, free to do whatever you know that you don't have the boundaries or that you don't th say okay well I I learned how to play classical music on it so um, you know so I only play this but you really you try everything. Yes. Yeah. I definitely. I'm. I'm known as the one that's going to do something off the wall that you've never heard on really? the dulcimer before. Oh, that's I love kind of that. my yeah. that's kind of my thing. Mm -hmm. And then now with with bands together, um, are you part of bands? A band? No, I I don't play my dulcimer with a band. Um, mm -hmm. I've wanted to. Um, I unfortunately where I live. There are musicians here, and there's some good musicians, but the style that they play is most of them is is not really what I want to play on my dulcimer. Oh, okay. Um, and it's also not a very loud instrument. Um, but I, what I would like to do is play with like a, an acoustic guitar player. That can be very nice. Um, yes. Or even acoustic guitar and a little percussion, I think, could sound very nice. Um, and that's something I'm working on trying to put together find a, a guitar player that i can play with or even play my dulcimer with someone that is singing i think could be nice as well yeah yeah because um, but, the, the guitar is also not a, a instrument with a, a you know very loud tone so so that yeah. would actually work very well together yeah. they mix very nicely and it helps me a lot because whenever I play, I play a lot of solo. And so I'm having to play both the melody and the bass and the harmony together with two hammers. Um, and when I, if I play with a guitar player, they're covering all that stuff. So I can more focus on the melody. Oh, yeah. It makes it way easier <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Nice. Yeah. But now the hammers that you use, what, uh, what are they made of? Um... Let me find a pair. There's a pair. Here's a pair here. Um, these are just wooden. Maybe you can see it. Yeah, focus. yeah. 
It's a wooden hammer. Um, a lot of them look similar to this with a little, this part, um, like a little handle. Uh, and then the ends are either just wood or they'll put different materials on the end to just get different timbres out of the instrument. So this is a really soft, I think, felt. Oh, okay. Maybe felt. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen felt, leather, all kinds of different leathers. And um, I put I put my own material on mine that I get from the, the grocery store. They sell, it's called moleskin. Have you ever heard okay. of that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mm. cut strips of moleskin and put it on there because I like the sound. Okay. So it's, depending on what you put on there, you'll have a different sound. Yes. Mm. That is so amazing. I just absolutely, yeah, I love, I really love the sound of the instrument. It's me interesting that it, you don't hear it more often or that it's not, uh, but yeah. like you say, maybe in, in certain parts of the world, it's, it's more popular. So now yes. people, you say you teach as well. So is this an instrument that you think now also, uh, you know, would be more interesting for younger people to do if you say that you, most of your students are a bit older? Um, yes, I do think young people, young, young people enjoy it, definitely. Like whenever I play it, just, I mean, everyone likes it. They like yeah. to listen to it. Um, it's, it draws you in. It's an interesting instrument. Um, so, yeah, I do think younger people would enjoy playing it, like kids to adolescents. Um, the problem is the accessibility of it. Like a mm -hmm. piano is very accessible. You can you can go get a cheap keyboard and learn piano. Um, there's also a lot of piano teachers. Same with guitar, drums, all very accessible. But a hammer dulcimer, you know, usually a, a small one's still going to cost a few hundred dollars. Um, so for a, a parent and their child to see one and want to, you know, be interested in it, they have to make a pretty big investment first. And I think, first of all, it's not seen very often. But second, just that initial investment of even a smaller dulcimer is like, oh, like, well, you could learn the drums for a lot less. And there's a teacher oh, yeah. that teaches drums. Um, so it's been part of my mission to get it more in the younger audience, which is why I play video game music um, because it yes. puts eyes on it. More people yeah. know what it is. Mm. Um, but I, I, yeah, the, to answer your question, yes, I do think younger people would enjoy learning it and playing it. I think it's a fun it, instrument to play. Yeah, because you also mentioned before that it's not a complicated instrument to, to learn no. to play. Mm. It looks much more complicated than it actually is. Mm. Yeah, But I... I, um, a while ago, I spoke to um, somebody who, you know, they revived the lira, the ancient lira of Greece. And they said that basically all children in, in ancient Greece could play the lira. And it was, yeah. you know, they took it to school because it was, you could carry it and you could easily play it. And um, and now I'm thinking if if the dulcimer is also easy to play, it would be such a great instrument for children to also and also experiment on it, you know, and and have more the freedom oh, yeah. to make music rather than you know, not that I say not classically trained, but that I say that for some children it would be lovely just to play the instrument. 
Yeah, I I agree. Completely agree. Um I I think it would be good if uh well, first of all, if elementary and lower schools had a more robust music program, I think that yeah. would be really good. I think music is um very underrated in how it helps in the development of a child. Um, but yes, I think if I think if a school were to purchase several of them just to have for that sake, you know, not not the students purchase them, but just have them at the school, even small ones. They they're people that make ones for kids, um, I think would be a fantastic way to introduce a child to music um, because it's very easy to play like nursery rhyme songs that they know already on the dulcimer. Um, it's not an instrument where there's no wrong notes because um, there are instruments like that where you can just hit every note and it's all part of one key or one scale. Um, yeah. But it's very visual and you can see if I play in this one area, all the notes sound very good. Um, so it'd be perfect for a, a child. Yeah, it's not that's, because a violin, for example, is, is so complicated and and that sometimes, you know, you need a lot of hard work and dedication and but yes. an instrument that is just you know really for enjoyment and and expression that that would be so great yeah like with a violin there's all, all kinds of initial techniques how to hold it how to get a good sound out of it how to put your finger on it where to put your finger whereas a dulcimer you take a stick and you hit it and it makes a sound yeah. it's very if i hit this yeah. thing it works it's very uh, low, well, low barrier of entry. Hmm. Well, this is this is a great. Um, this could be a great mission to get that into schools. Really. Yes, I, I really want to do that. Mm -hmm. I want to get more younger people, both for them and for the sake of the instrument. Because, like yeah. I said, most of the people that play it are sixty-five years old and up, mm -hmm. um, and eventually there's going to be no people that play it. Um, so I think it needs to start from the ground up now with young and get them playing. And um, one day, yeah. one day, one day there'll the, be more players. The revival of the dulcimer, we'll call it. Yes. If, there, <laughs> if there could the, be a revival of the, of the lira, then there can be a revival of the dulcimer. I think so too. Because it, it yeah. was a popular instrument back in the colonial days of the United States. Mm -hmm. That was what they brought over from Europe were versions of that instrument. And because um, they could carry them on their back, oh, you know, okay. yeah. they were they were portable kind of, you know, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't like a harpsichord was a lot more to take on a ship and use as an oh, instrument yeah. than something mm -hmm. like a hammered dulcimer. Yep. Mm -hmm. But now, uh, talking about that, how do you transport your dulcimer? Is it easy to, you know, if you have to go and perform, is there, uh, is that like with a harp that you have to, you know, really consider all the logistics of getting there and, um, or is it easy to carry? It, it's, it's definitely easier than like a classical harp, like the big harps. Um, but I would say it's comparable to, like an Irish harp that's not so mm -hmm. intricate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I put it in a case, 
I make sure that it's safe. And, you know, I can't just throw it in my car or wherever I'm going. Um, but even even though mine's a very big one, um, it's built very well and it's very light for how big it is. Um, so it's it's not too heavy to carry around and the stand folds up and all of my uh, hammers and my foot pedal and all of that fits inside the case as well. So it's I have a stand in a case. Oh, okay. um, now, you know, when I when I'm teaching workshops or playing a gig, then I have to also bring like the equipment for that, like the speaker and stuff. But it's really minimal for for how much you could play on the instrument. It's pretty minimal. Um, not as minimal as a guitar, of course, but oh, yeah. for what it is, it's yeah, it's 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 really portable, and mm-hmm. they make them smaller and lighter than what I play. So, oh, okay. I have friends who fit them on the the overhead bin on a plane. They bring really? them as their carry on. Yes. Well, that would be just that would be just perfect for children then, as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They make some really small ones. That that would be yeah. good. Yeah. Amazing. But now, Colin, you said you play other instruments as well. So um, I do. What instruments do you play? So the main one that I'm playing a lot of now is the steel drum or steel pan. Have you ever heard yeah. of that? Yes, I saw also okay. on your Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm playing a lot of now. Um, and actually today I have a gig playing that if it doesn't rain, but I think it's going to rain and get canceled. Okay. Um, but I'm working on that a lot, more jazz music yeah. on that. Um, those are the two melodic instruments I play are those two. I can play a little bit on piano, but I'm not a piano player. I use it to write things and figure out stuff. Um, but I play a whole bunch of different percussion. So drum set I play, but um, I play more Latin percussion. So like Afro-Cuban percussion, like congas and bongo and timbales. Um, but then I play a lot of Brazilian percussion as well. So an instrument called the pandero, um, a little bit of djembe, which is African, um, and some other Brazilian drums I'll, I'll play. Um, I have to like look around my room. There's stuff everywhere, but oh, okay. <laughs> there's probably more that I haven't mentioned. But a lot of a lot of different percussion instruments I've, I've mm-hmm. learned and kind of figured out how to play more authentically, I guess. I'm not just hitting them, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. So you study yeah. the the culture or the, the the way it's meant to be meant to play, and then you yes. play it that way. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm. Yep, so I love is it, it. Is it is it a sort of a addiction to to have all the different drums? I don't want to say it's an addiction to have the drums. Mm-hmm. It's an addiction to learn I guess it's more of an addiction to learn and then I have to have that interest to learn it before I want the drum it's not so much the other way it's like Mm. because I I know a lot of people they're like oh like give me all the all the stuff I want the all the guitars and all the drums and I'm kind of the opposite I'm like I don't want to buy it unless I know I really am going to learn it oh okay Mm. um which has saved me because I already have so many instruments yeah. That if I were a different type of person, every th- I would have way more and I oh, wouldn't okay. know what to do with them. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah. But so. it, but why but why this um fascination with the drums? I think it comes from when I was in college. Mm-hmm. So well, kind of it does. But how I, the same way I got into folk music or folk metal when I was in high school, I just have always been interested in stuff that is more, I don't want to say cultural, but kind of cultural oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and unique to different areas. Um, and also stuff that nobody knows about, or at least my peers didn't know about. Um, and in college, now while I didn't finish with a music degree, I did spend a lot of time in music classes. I took way more music classes than I should have. Um, and I, I played a lot with the percussion studio, with the people that were playing and majoring in percussion. Most of my friends came from there. I was on the drum line and everything. Um, and I played steel drums in the university steel band. And actually, I still do. And um, from that, we played music from the Caribbean. We played Brazilian music. We played Afro-Cuban music. We played all kinds of music from Latin America. And eventually that caught my interest. And I started, you know, I was like, huh, I wonder if I could put Latin music on the dulcimer. So I wanted to play it all myself. So I wanted to learn how to play the congas so I could play Latin music with my dulcimer. And it just kind of I just kept digging stuff up from there. Um, And then I started listening to more of the music and learning about the instruments and stuff. And um, I would buy an instrument and then learn it. And uh, it just, yeah, it becomes an addiction at that point. It's like, oh, like how how many more styles of music like are out there that are interesting? Yeah. And so it's it's really grown, grown from there. But would you say that all these different types of music that you play, that they cross over, you know, that they influence uh, influence each other when you play it? Because you you're playing different types of music, and then and also the different drums, but that that in some way it 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 crosses over. Yes, um, they do. But the more, and I think this goes for most people that have learned different styles of music, the more that you learn the different styles of music, the more that you understand when to keep certain aspects of them separate. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So something common that I see is, uh, um, so here in America, we have marching bands that march on a football field and they make these formations and stuff and play music. Um, and they play these shows that have themes and a lot of them um, I've seen play Latin shows, right? That's the theme of the show is Latin. And when I think of that, I'm like, well, Latin America's South America's huge. There's tons of countries. They all have different kinds of music. And so they play these Latin shows and they'll play like a, like a Brazilian tune, but then they'll play Cuban rhythms over it. And that's like a, you, like you don't do that. Like you'll never hear that happen. And I think the more that you learn, the more you understand those types of things. Like, okay, I can bring some influences from these things, but like there are certain rhythms that you don't want to mix with certain styles of music. Um, Oh, I see. Yeah. Mm. I do a lot of it too. I, I dulcimer gumbo. Do you know what gumbo is? 
No. Okay. So gumbo is a stew that comes yeah. from Louisiana. It comes from New Orleans. Um, and traditionally, back in the day, what they would do was the community came together and whatever ingredients they had, that's what went into the gumbo. Oh, okay. And so dulcimer gumbo is essentially that. It's everything that I've learned and know I put into and incorporate the dulcimer into it. Amazing. And I bring all these influences in. Yeah. Um, but just like with a gumbo, some ingredients don't mix together. Mm. Same with music. Sometimes you don't want to put these two things together. But but you learn what does work together, and it's, it gets really fun. Mm. Yeah, so, yes, I, I do. Yeah. I, I do do that. No, I can understand what you mean, you know, and that you you know the boundaries. You know where to go, but you also know the boundaries. Yes. Well, I'm learning the boundaries. I'm sure I still oh, okay. break them sometimes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, always learning. Yeah. But now, Colin, tell me, what, what is the wish for you for the future? Or what what would you like to see happening with the dulcimer and, and all the instruments you're playing? Really, I, I think what we talked about earlier, um, getting the younger generation involved in the dulcimer or getting the dulcimer into the world of the younger generation, I think, I think is the big thing that, that I want to see. Um, you know, this, like I said earlier, what I play on the dulcimer is usually what no one else has ever played on it. Um, and it's part of that. I mean, I, I use the dulcimer as a, a pal, not a palette, a blank slate for all of my interests rather than thinking of the dulcimer as a folk instrument and only playing folk music on it. So in a way, I want the dulcimer to be seen as its own instrument and not put into a category of instruments. Um, and I think that starts with the younger generation. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that people that I've met that are older haven't understood that as well, but but I think whenever you have younger people doing it, that's that's when that's when they start putting their own little stuff to it. You get all these that that's where we're really our most creative is when we're kids. And so, you know, that that's really what I want to see. I want I want to see the instrument grow. I want to see more people playing it, playing different things on it, doing stuff I've never seen before. Um and I want us I I would like it to be more more well known, but not too well known. I don't want it to be yeah. mainstream because it, mm. I like the the novelty of it. Oh, when yeah. people see it, they're like, "Oh, what is that?" I like I like that. Mm. But yeah. But I think also you show the possibilities, and I, and I love that you do that on Instagram because you know it's great to see that, and it's um, I'm very happy that I saw you on Instagram because it's <laughs> I, I find it so fascinating what you do and. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sound, um, you know, the instrument. And so, uh, yeah, and, and like you say, that the, it will inspire um, and and it should for the younger generation. There will also be maybe somebody who, who absolutely fall in love with the instrument because of that, of all the possibilities that there oh, are, yeah. you know. So. Yep. That's what that's what I hope. Is that mm. more people will, and I've had plenty since my Instagram 
my Instagram in the past just few months has, it just grew very fast. I don't know why. Um, but since then, I've had plenty of people reach out to me from Instagram asking, like, where do I get one? Are there teachers? Really? How much are they? Um, can I get one if I live in this country? Um, so at least from that, there seems to be Amazing. more interest, which is which is what I like. I yeah. like that something I'm doing is helping people get interested in the instrument. Mm, absolutely, yeah. But Colin, tell me now, what um, advice would you give to your 16-year-old self? My 16-year-old self? Like life advice or like pertaining to what I do today? Yeah. Um, what, what you do today in music. Okay. I would tell him. Or life advice you can also give. Because 16 <laughs> is a difficult age, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It, in some ways, yes. In other yeah. ways, it was a lot easier. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I would probably tell him to learn music. Not because when I was that, that's I know that's weird to to hear, but when I was sixteen, I was on the drum line, and that's what I played. I just wanted to play drum line stuff all day, and I think if I could convince him to learn actual music and learn to you know learn my scales and my keys and um, learn the layout of a piano and how it works and all the chords. If I, if I could convince him to get interested into that way back then, yeah, I think um, I, c I can only imagine where I would be today because all that stuff has happened in the past 10 years, I guess, or less than 10 years. Um, and I know if I'd done it when I was a, a kid and I had all kinds of time to invest into it, yeah, I would have I would have gotten I would have been for a much further along and uh I could spend more time today focusing less on like learning those basic things because I'm still learning basic things, especially when it comes to like ear training and hearing um, melodies and stuff like that. That's kind of where I'm where I'm at now. But uh, but yeah, that's what I think. Get get interested into music rather than drums. Mm. And expand your expand the horizon a little bit. Yes, your yeah, your musical horizon. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mm -hmm. definitely. Because I was into weird music back then. Really. So I I was already <laughs> listening to interesting stuff, but yeah, but yeah. Well, that that shaped you and made you uh, the musician you are today. So. Yeah, it did. Also a good good thing. Mm -hmm. It definitely did, but mm -hmm. that that's the big thing I see now is. Yeah, man, I, I didn't value the, I didn't value the music part of music. Mm -hmm. I just valued like, I don't know, the sound. I guess oh, yeah. Yeah. I listened to music more as oh, this sounds cool rather than like, actually, what's going on here? Why does it sound cool? Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good well, answer, yeah. but that's my answer. But no, but that's great <laughs> advice. No, definitely, definitely great yeah. advice. But Colin, this was so great talking to you. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for reaching out. Um, it's a great pleasure. No. Yeah, very much appreciate it. Um, and it's been a, a pleasure 
talking with you and in this interview, you asked some good questions. So you uh, made it very easy for me uh, to okay. answer. So thank you. <laughs> I'm very glad to hear that. Yeah. But I'll still follow you on Instagram. And thank you so much for the beautiful music that you put on there. Awesome. Thank you so much. And you should you should listen to some other dulcimers from across the world. I'm going to I'm going to look for them. And if you find somebody um, and you can connect me, then please do. Yes. I would love to, you know, to bring more awareness also to this instrument. And whenever you do any project with children, please let me know. I would love to to follow up on that as well. I can do that. Um, and where where do you where are you from again? I'm in Vienna, in Vienna. Austria. Mm. Okay, the I'm trying. Okay, I think I know some people in the area. Okay, in the then area please, that play. Please let me know, and whenever you come to Vienna, please let me know. <laughs> okay, I would love it to would, go to Vienna. Yeah, come and do a go. concert here, and let me know. May, one day, one day I'll be yeah. over there, definitely. Okay, but I can then do you that. Give me a call, and we meet for a coffee. Okay. And I come to your concert, definitely. Yes, yes, <laughs> okay. that'd be awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure, Colin, and have a lovely evening. You as well. Thank you. Bye. Bye.